Welcome to Brown AF, Brown, Ambitious, and Free. My name is Niha Winova, your host for the transformation of a lifetime. So the explosive success that you want is not only attainable, but it's much less stressful on you. I'm gonna give you the tips, tools, and get you into CEO thinking so that women and people of color just like you work smarter and get way ahead. This is legacy leadership and it's unlike anything you've been taught before. So tune in and listen up. Let's go. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Brown Ambitious and Free. I hope you are having an incredible reflective end of the year. It is the last month of the fourth quarter. So you are doing performance reviews. You are hitting year-end benchmarks. You are being reflective about what worked and what didn't work, what you want to change for next year. You are also doing reviews of the staff. What do you need next year? Who are your high performers? Who are your top performers? There is so much going on. You're trying to go to parties. You are trying to relax and get into that festive spirit, spend some time with the family. And one of the things that I want to make sure you do is think about the relationships that you have, the fulfilling relationships that you have in your life, and really think about building the most effective relationships. And when we talk about working relationships, this is one of the biggest indicators of success in an organization is how the leaders at the top behave, how they address relationships, how they address people, how they build towards a strong environment, a strong working culture, and how they deal with conflict. And if you are in a position currently as a listener, if you have a difficult relationship with a peer or somebody you report to or somebody on your team, you know that this can make your life a living hell. We know this because people thrive on good relationships and people are in pain when relationships are bad or negative or make us uncomfortable. So that is why today's episode, we are talking about fixing a work relationship that stresses you out. This is going to happen at every level of the organization, and this is going to happen at every level of your career. So this is really a skill that you must have. When you have that aggravating, dominating coworker or leader, that person who says the really blunt thing that's a little inappropriate and they criticize people, they say passive aggressive comments, maybe they're not really held accountable for their behavior, what they do, and what they say. And this drives people crazy. If you are experiencing this currently, this probably causes you to lose your focus. It causes you to fume. And I want you to know that it is possible to fix this situation. In the ideal scenario, you will fix the relationship, get it on track, and strengthen it. But in another scenario, which is also net positive, you will address the situation quickly and you will take care of it 
so that the person knows how to behave, gets in line with the plan, gets on board, and can move forward with creating a productive and supportive culture around mission, vision, goals. So really the worst thing we can do is let a negative or poor, a disrespectful relationship, something that's bothering us go on for too long because it will eventually get the best of us and throw us off our game, especially if you are a woman or a woman of color, especially if you are sensitive at any level. If how people treat you impact you and for 95% of well-functioning humans, this is the truth. This is true. You know, you are going to feel sensitive and responsive to people around you. As a leader, you have so much on your plate. And if something throws you off, it can distract you and throw your energies astray. And from that angle, this person, especially if they are over a lot of people or they impact a large division, this becomes a risk and a liability to you, to your organization, and it risks the kind of profit and productivity you can have. So it's truly a very significant productivity and profit problem. And I want you to see it like this. And a lot of times we kind of write it off, turn the other cheek, look the other way, and we say something like, well, they're just really good at what they do. And we kind of think that that excuses poor behavior and poor conduct. And it just does not. How they treat people will impact your level of productivity and profitability. How people are treated impacts profits. So how top leadership responds to these behaviors, these rude comments, racist or biased remarks is going to take root in the culture. When you look the other way, your culture now has become the lowest common denominator negative behavior in the organization. It essentially is a reflection of what your organization is. So if you just think it's something small and you look the other way, you are actually creating a culture that's at its lowest common denominator showing up in the world. And I know that that is not what you want. And why this is true is because when you create a culture where these kinds of behaviors are overlooked, this will repel top performers, top players. It will reduce positivity and it will reduce overall camaraderie. It will negatively impact the culture. Talented people will question why they are in your organization what the leadership is thinking, and they will question the values of the organization. And this is incredibly critical as the next generation of workers and workforce and leaders are coming into the organization because they are looking to see who the top leadership is. They are looking to see if this is going to match their work-life balance and if this is going to be a sustainable job for them. So I don't care what level you are either not going to get the best top performers in your organization, which is no good, or you're not going to get the best newcomers, which is a giant pipeline problem. And so 
when you sit back or your leaders or other directors sit back and let these things fester, what you will see is top performers in your organization are going to silently and slowly start pulling back, silently quitting, and silently preparing to leave whether they know it or not. Subconsciously, your top performers are getting ready to leave. And so that is what happens when you condone this behavior. And I want to make it really clear. It is not okay for you to condone this. It is not okay for this to fester. And it is not okay for the leader or the coworker, that colleague in the organization to behave this way, no matter how good they are at their job, how smart they are, or what numerical result you think they are creating in the short run. It has huge negative long-term consequences. So think about it in a classroom. You would never allow a student in a classroom to harm the classroom, harm the school. A teacher would not be considered competent if they were not managing the classroom effectively and if somebody get hurt or bullied when they are in the classroom. You guys, the same thing is happening in our organization. So we have to be very mindful. It goes the same way for leadership. We don't just get to grow up and make a lot of money and excuse poor behavior. This is a reflection on you and your value is essentially how good of a culture you're creating, how happy, how effective and efficient your culture is. So your ability or inability to take care of those issues right when they arise is literally an question here. So we want to make sure that people at all levels of the organization are not only great at their job, but treat people really well. And a lot of times we get really worried. Well, oh my gosh, if I lose this person, if I'm going to have to hire somebody and backfill it, it's going to be a big dilemma. And I tell you it's not because the damage that person is doing is always going to outweigh any benefit. So even if you have to wait to get the right person, that slightly more neutral individual will have a greater positive impact and it will be much more beneficial for the entire organization if that person treats people better and that will ultimately create better profitability and higher productivity. When they get along better, when they enjoy coming to work better, they will stay longer, they will be more productive, they will stay in your organization for years to come and you will have a better output all the time. So if you are a leader and you want to make sure that you are fostering a culture of greatness, you need to think about this. You don't want to let somebody harm your organization in this way. And so what we know for sure is that women are incredibly talented and well-suited to creating a very productive and highly performing organization, but they will leave your organization in droves and more quickly. So I've referenced this study before, the McKinsey Lean-In study that says that women at higher rates are contemplating leaving their job, over 52% of them 
in the next two years. So you see that as a giant pipeline issue. And of course, we're here to make sure that women stay and thrive and be the leaders they want to be. And because women contribute so much because they are so good with numbers and profits and people, when you lose one great woman in your organization or when you lose, you are losing a key performer. And I will even say that you're losing like a 3x, 5x, 10x performer who is no longer going to contribute that to your organization. You will lose them altogether. And so you don't want to put your organization at that kind of risk. A top performer will never stay when they see that low performers are allowed to thrive or are allowed to continue. They will never stay if they think you're condoning poor behavior. So what you really want to do, what you are probably asking yourself is like, okay, Niha, what am I supposed to do in this case? Well, I have some clear tips for you that I want to run you through. Number one, you have to have a clear vision and you have to drive your weekly agenda and your metrics through this filter. Those values and that vision should be the way that you are running your company. You want to number two, hire, train, and reward for value-based performance and outcomes. You never just want to look at the numbers and base all of the merit and the rewards and recognition on that. You want to make sure that basic superior values are what really leads your company into the future. You want to identify what those values are. Talk about them every chance you get at every single meeting and make it a central part of the work day in every way. You can never talk about your values enough. Post them all over the organization, hire for them, use them as a checklist, and you want to make sure that this is what you are using to determine if people are performing well. And if you want to learn more about how to do that, send us a message and just send a DM or an email that says value checklist. And we will make sure you get what you need. And the next thing is, number three, you have to have a code of conduct. This is something I have done when I have been the chair of a board, this is what I do when I set the vision and the way that we are going to speak with one another and send emails the day to day. You must have a code of conduct. This helps form a standard of behavior. And when people veer off course, you have to very quickly schedule a performance improvement conversation and go right through the filter of the values and the code of conduct. And do this at the very beginning. You never want to let these behaviors go. So number four, you really have to make sure you are holding yourself to a high standard. You have to evaluate what you're doing. You have to get input from others and make sure that you really raise your own awareness. You can do that by hiring a coach. That's why it can be so beneficial 
when you have somebody else that's helping you to raise your own bar and really truthfully helping you to understand what really happens when you're under stress. Because when you're under stress, that is when these kinds of poor behaviors will come out. That's when they will come out for your coworkers, your executive team, your senior leadership team, all the way down to the front line. And that's when they will come out for yourself. And this is where a coach can help you really determine where you need added support so you are not modeling poor behavior yourself when things get tough, when your team needs you the most. So you want to make sure that you're not asking your team to go out there and do something that you're not holding yourself to that standard. And that's where this exercise can be very, very helpful. Number five, you have to be able to fire quickly. When people show you they're not a good culture fit, they're not able to do what they're accountable to do, you have to be able to have a direct and clear conversation with them quickly and set them out into the world to flourish and thrive somewhere else. So they don't damage your team and what you guys are creating as an organization. And so you want to do that sooner rather than later. And number six, you have to make sure that you are investing in your culture and that you create an organization that is a reflection of the values that you, if you are the founder or the CEO, are setting forward, or that you as a leadership team and strategically are positioning yourself for the long-term legacy leadership of your company. You do not ever want to let your culture get away from you like a freight train. Listen, people are going to talk about it across industries, your vendors, your suppliers, previous employees. So no matter what your numbers are, Presently, whether they're good or whether they're bad, if you ignore conflict or culture, especially at the highest levels of leadership, this is a problem brewing to happen. And as visionary leaders, you cannot have this lingering over you. And you really want to make sure that you're taking ownership across all levels of the organization and making it the best That is possible. And if you really want to do that well, you can walk through a step by step process that I have created that is simple but effective so that you can turn around an organization and make sure that it is thriving and flourishing with the right people, the right leaders, the right employees, the right people doing the things from the top all the way to the bottom. This is your number one responsibility as a leader. So don't kid yourself and tell yourself that anything else is more important. When you lay this foundation, you are creating the long-term profitability and productivity that is gonna have you stand out. This is a key differentiator. So don't put your head down and be worried about checking the boxes and looking at just the numbers. You must be looking at the culture and the energy. This is the intangible thing. Without it, you are wasting energy. You're wasting people. You're creating inefficiencies. This is what leads to fires. This is what leads to daily emergencies, the people drama, the headaches, 
and a giant distraction from a visionary and transformative organization that sets ambitious goals and hits them. So don't make this novice mistake. Even if you are new or young, you don't want to do that. Another thing, number seven, is you want to make sure that you're direct and kind. You want to make sure that no matter what is happening, you are giving the information to address behaviors that are impacting others or that will help that person. They just may not have ever had somebody tell them. And so to summarize, you want to make sure that you are noticing and addressing conflict at the highest level of the organization. Don't let things fester. Don't let things get away from you. And you want to even strengthen poor and negative behaviors, poor and negative conduct so that that person can be a positive net contributor to your organization. This starts with who you are as a brand, as a business, as an organization, as a culture. It starts with who you hire, how you onboard them, and how you recognize and reward and promote the people that are showing the best behaviors. Because you cannot just expect this to happen if you don't hold people accountable. And so number one, you want to have that clear vision and drive all of your weekly meetings with that. You want to hire, train, and reward for value-based performance, not just number-based. You want to have a code of conduct that you are using and hold people to that standard. And you want to hold yourself to your own high standard and increase your awareness of how you behave when you're stressed out so that you can help other people do their very best when they're stressed out. You want to fire quickly and not let things get out of hand when people show you that they are just not a good fit and they can't improve their behavior, or maybe they just don't want to. You want to create a culture at your organization that is reflective of these high-level values so that you don't lead to inefficiencies and headaches and people drama that will eat you up alive and keep you up when you're trying to sleep and come up with better creative ideas. You always want to be, number seven, kind and direct because this is a gift. If you tell a person about a behavior that is not acceptable, you are saving them embarrassment. It's like telling somebody that, you know, their hair is sticking up in the back. You want to give them that insight clearly, directly, and kindly so that they can improve forever. And you want to make sure that you are noticing and addressing conflict at the highest level of the organization from the top all the way to the bottom and holding yourself to that same high standard. If you know there is somebody on your team, a peer, or somebody in your organization that is driving you crazy and you want to improve that relationship, send us a message. We can get started. I can help you with this and create a much better situation for you today and teach you the skills and the tools and the process to do it for the rest of your career. Or if you're a leader and you see that there is somebody in your organization that is not behaving well, then you can go ahead and use these tips and you can turn things around or send us a message. 
We will help you do this for your entire organization. Your culture is your profitability center. So with that, don't let somebody that is stressing you out ruin your days, ruin your career, make you upset with the job you have right now. You can fix a work relationship using these methods. Send us a message. We can do it together. And I look forward to having you here next week. Have a great week until then. Be brown, ambitious, and more free than ever. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast. We invite everybody who believes in inclusive success to join the mission here at Brown, Ambitious, and Free. This is for you to be more of who you are and succeed with simple tools and unlearn things that don't support your success. Please subscribe and share this podcast with other supporters and ambitious changemakers and visionaries who want to be a part of this important movement to change the face of leadership and wild success. Check out our website to learn all the different ways to connect with me and work with me. You can work with me as a private coaching client one-on-one by booking a consultation call at www.nihacoaching.com. That's N like Nancy, I India, H Harry, A Apple, coaching.com. I also work with leadership teams and organizations to supercharge the leadership and execution and build a culture of success. Send us a message and book a call. Finally, would you like me to speak at your organization or association? That's easy to do. Reach out to us and schedule a masterclass or workshop. Come back every week for important discussions that will revolutionize the way you think, create, and perform to get greater and greater success. I will show you how to use a proven methodology that takes out the guesswork and adds to your success. Join us here each week and spread the message. We will see you soon.